I'm going to ask um, Alex to read a scripture. It's quite a long scripture, but just the scripture is always washes our souls and brings life to our bodies. Just, just a quick thought. I think it reminds me of Luke chapter 2 when Eileen was speaking. It says, John filled with the Holy Spirit. Dot, dot, dot. That was, yeah, filled with the Holy Spirit. <laughs> yeah. This is the word of the Lord to us this morning. The Lord said to Moses, depart, go up from here, you and the people whom you have brought up out of the land of Egypt, to the land which I swore to Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, saying, to your offspring I will give it. I will send an angel before you, and I will drive out the Canaanites, the Amorites, the Hittites, the Perizzites, the Hivites, and the Jebusites. Go up to a land flowing with milk and honey, but I will not go up among you, lest I consume you on the way, for you are a stiff-necked people. <laughs> when the people heard this disastrous word, they mourned, and no one put on his ornaments. For the Lord had said to Moses, Say to the people of Israel, You are a stiff-necked people. If for a single moment I should go up among you, I would consume you. So now... Take off your ornaments, that I may know what to do with you. Therefore the people of Israel stripped themselves of their ornaments from Mount Horeb onward. Now Moses used to take the tent and pitch it outside the camp, far off from the camp. And he called it the tent of meeting. And everyone who sought the Lord would go out to the tent of meeting, which was outside the camp. Whenever Moses went out to the tent, all the people would rise up, and each would stand at his tent door and watch Moses until he had gone into the tent. When Moses entered the tent, the pillar of cloud would descend and stand at the entrance of the tent, and the Lord would speak to Moses. And when all the people saw the pillar of the cloud uh, standing at the entrance of the tent, all the people would rise up and worship each at his tent door. Thus the Lord used to speak to Moses face to face as a man speaks to his friend. When Moses turned again into the camp, his assistant Joshua, the son of Nun, a young man, would not depart from the tent. Moses said to the Lord, See, you say to me, bring up this people, but you have not let me know whom you will send with me. Yet you have said, I know you by name, and you have also found favor in my sight. Now, therefore, if I have found favor in your sight, please show me now your ways that I may know you in order to find favor in your sight. Consider, too, that this nation is your people. And he said, my presence will go with you and I will give you rest. Mm. Mm. And he said to him, if your presence will not go with me, do not bring us up from here. For how shall it be known that I have found favor in your sight, I and your people? Is it not in your going with us, so that we are distinct, I and your people, from every other people on the face of the earth? And the Lord said to Moses, This very thing that you have spoken I will do, wow. for you have found favor in my sight, and I know you by name. Moses said, please show me your glory. And he said, I will make all my goodness pass before you and will proclaim before you my name, the Lord. And I will be gracious to whom I will be gracious. And I will show mercy on whom I will show mercy. 
But he said, you cannot see my face, for a man shall not see me and live. And the Lord said, behold, there is a place by me where you shall stand on the rock. And while my glory passes by, I will put you in a cleft of the rock, and I will cover you with my hand until I have passed by. Then I will take away my hand, and you shall see my back, but my face shall not be seen. That's Exodus chapter 33. This is the word of the Lord to us. What a powerful portion of scripture. And this conversation between Moses and God is like kind of very gutsy. It's very uh, in your face. Moses seemed like very comfortable with God and, and talking to God. And he, and, he, and he challenges God. He says, if you don't go with us, we're not going. you don't go with us, we are not going. The presence of God. And you must realize this conversation took place between two separate deliveries of the Ten Commandments. Moses came down from Mount Sinai with the first set only to find Israel worshipping a golden calf. I mean, if we go back to Exodus chapter 24, verse 15... This is Moses going up to the mountain, going up to be in the presence of God. Then Moses went up to the mountain and the cloud covered the mountain. The glory of the Lord dwelt on Mount Sinai and the cloud covered it six days. And on the seventh day, he called out, he called to Moses out of the midst of the cloud. Now the appearance of the glory of the Lord was like a devouring fire on top of the mountain in the sight of the people of Israel. Moses entered the cloud and went up on the mountain and Moses was on that mountain for 40 days. Just picture that scene, Moses in in the mountain and I don't know whether you've ever been to a mountain but the the, the thunder and lightning resonating on on the top of the mountain and, and it's a scary place to be. The presence of God is quite a scary place. He's a consuming fire. I mean, he says that if, if you just see him, you will die. We serve a God who is a holy God, a God who is a righteous God. And so Moses went up to the mountain. One of the challenges I have for myself and for all of us today is, are you going up the mountain? Are you going up the mountain to the presence of God? We need that. We need that. And so when you, Moses came down, he had an amazing time. Sometimes when we come down from the mountain, suddenly we see uh, mayhem in the valleys. And we see they've got tired of waiting for Moses to come down. They probably think he's, he's, di- he's died. And they say, make us, make us something that we can worship. I mean, if you think about it. They've just been rescued from Egypt. They've gone, the, that was miraculous, the plagues and the... And the, and the angel passing over their families. So the firstborn weren't killed. The scripture is supernatural from verse 1 till right till the end. It's an amazing story. It's an exciting story. 
which you and I, as we read, sometimes we forget it. We forget the supernaturalness of it all. And so, in verse 33, in, 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 uh, in Moses chapter 33, Exodus, uh, Exodus 33, Moses 33, just to take, take your pick, eh? Moses chapter 33, let's get it right. <laughs> no. God is angry. He's seething. In fact, he says there, I can't take you into the promised land. Because if I do, I will consume you. You know, I think we, we always have that. There's a saying that God lo- hates the, 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 hates the sin but loves the sinner. Well, I don't see him loving the sinner here very much. Yes, I know he went to the cross and he died for us because, because of his great love, but there's, there's a wrath to God which is, which is scary. And so, Moses is not prepared to go unless the presence of God goes with. He's not prepared to go to the promised land. Just think about the promised land. Just a, just a, just there, just the, just the other side of the river. They, they nearly there. It's the promised land. It's everything that they that they wanted for. It's God's promised land. What is your promised land today? What is the thing that you are waiting for? Which, which you are expecting for? Is it a, a your business to multiply? Your business to expand. What is the promised land for Sarepta as a church? And was just so excited by the words this morning from, from Alison and, and, and Eileen. The, the, the rivers, are, the, floods are, the floods are starting. And they're going to flood our hearts and they're going to well up from within us. As Jesus, Jesus said, there will be rivers of living water will flow from our inner being. That's, that's, that's what it is. Costa was talking about revival last week. And he says, don't pray for revival. He said, be revival. We are revival. We carry Holy Spirit. There's nothing more we need except to walk in that and enjoy that and, 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 and be that. And, and I mean, he looked at uh, the Beatitudes. He looked at the Sermon on the Mount. And uh, I think if you weren't nailed by the Sermon on the Mount, then uh, uh, you weren't listening. You weren't listening. One of the guys who came spoke to Alex and said, it's not very practical. It's a little bit too difficult. It is. As you look at it, you've got to go the extra mile. You've got to turn the other cheek. That's what the Lord is calling you and I to do. It's, it's, it's... Can't I cut those out of the Scriptures? Because that's too difficult. It is. It's far too difficult. And so, what did He do? He left us Holy Spirit. He sent Holy Spirit, another helper just like Him. That we could live the life that Jesus has called you and I to live. Yeah, and turn the other cheek. And so, let's just have a look at a few thoughts from, from, this, from this Scripture. And I've probably 
could spend hours and days and weeks, and maybe, maybe they will, I will open it some more, but let's say, let, I want to be, in, in this scripture, I want to be like Moses. I want to be Moses, because let's have a look at what he did. So there's people rebelling against God. What does he do? He reminds God, remember that this nation is your people. Because God wants to blot them off the face of the earth. He says, this is your people. It's for your glory that they get into the, the promised land, because that's what you promised them. Moses includes himself in verse 16. He says, how will anyone know that you are pleased with me and with your people unless you go with me? And so he's pleading to God on behalf of his people. Are you and I pleading for, on behalf of your neighbors? Are the people who don't know Jesus? Are you pleading and are you praying for God that they would encounter God? And that's, we start off by praying for them. And then we actually be the vehicle, be the conduit, be the downpipe of God's grace maybe to their lives. Maybe you share scripture with them or something. Somehow I think we, we need to be bolder. And, 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 and Moses is bold. Yeah, he's crying out to God. Let's cry out to God for our neighbors and those who don't know Jesus. If you're not a believer, you're an enemy of God. That's what the scripture says. You had enmity with God. You and I were once at enmity with God. We didn't know Him. So we can never be self-righteous or try and justify ourselves. We're all in this this together. God has called us as as a people of God to pray. To pray. Pray for those around you. So Moses interceded here. He wants us to be a people who intercede and pray. And pray for the lost. One of the things that uh, is emphasized in the scripture is Moses' hunger for the presence of God. If your presence does not go with us, do not send me up from your from here. How will anyone know that you are pleased with me and with your people unless you go with us? What else will distinguish me and your people from all the other peoples of the earth? And what is that thing that distinguishes us? Is his presence. His presence in us and with us. You and I are the temple of the Holy Spirit. We carry we carry God. I love it in in uh, in, in John, it says, if we love Him, let me just see if I can find that. I wasn't going to share this scripture, but obviously it's important. Gospel of John, I've lost John. New Testament, thank you, Jonathan. Thank you, Jonathan. In John, chapter 14, verse 23, if anyone loves me, he will keep my word, and my Father will love him. And we will come to him and make our home with him. Isn't that earth shattering? I mean, I could stop, I could stop there and, and if I could tell you, go home and read that scripture and make it a part of your life. Make, I'm trying to make it a part of my life. That the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit make their home in me. 
you talk, somebody talked about, uh, I don't know, been, we warriors. We, 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 we've been equipped with everything we need to fight this battle. We sang a few songs about that earlier on, I think. We have the Spirit of God. And that's what makes the difference. That's what the world will see is God's Spirit in us. His presence in us. The word for presence in the Hebrew uh, is quite difficult to... It's not a direct translation. It's, it's, it's more likely a face. A face-to-face. I mean, it, Moses met with God as a man speaks to his friend. Face-to-face. There's a face-to-face encounter. Isn't it beautiful that we have face-to-face encounter with, the, with, with, with God? Without being obliterated. Without dying. So it's a very personal relationship, this thing, the presence of God. So coming to church doesn't make you a Christian as much as going to a garage makes you a mechanic. I mean, I go to the garage often and I still know nothing about cars. It's it's the presence that makes us different. And it's His presence. I don't have to do anything about it. I just have to believe it and trust it. That's what the Word says. When we accept Jesus Christ as our Lord and Savior, He says He comes and makes our home, His home in us. If I lo- and, 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 and resulting of that, well, I'll be love Him and, and we'll have this amazing, amazing part. We have Holy Spirit living in us. We have His presence. So the question I have to ask myself is am I hungry? Am I hungry for the presence of God? Am I thirsty? I am thirsty. I'm thirsty for, for this, this river of living waters which is going to flood us. And I'm, I love food. I mean, I've told you that many, many times. Love food. I've done, I'm not really good at the fasting part. But the, the feasting part, I'm excellent at. I just love it. And somebody's taking us to a feast just now. And it's going to be, it's going to be wonderful. So I've kind of, I don't often, I just ate a little bit this morning because I wanted to be, I want to really be hungry and savor and enjoy the meal. I mean, I look at my little dog, Cinnabon. She, she loves every morsel she can get. And she's there. Whenever I'm eating, she's there. Ready to, ready to take it. And we've got to watch it that she doesn't get too, too obese. But she's hungry. And she's always looking and she's always sussing out. Are you and I hungry for God's presence in our lives? Are you and I uh, just looking to see what our, what our Lord and our King is, 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 uh, is wanting us to do? For in His presence, when, when I go to my quiet time, when I go to the time where on the, on the veranda, and I go to the veranda and I sit there and it's, we've got a beautiful garden, it's magnificent with with a, a, a river of living water flowing there. It's, it's, it's a man-made one, but it's good. <laughs> and I just sit in His presence and I just read the Scriptures and worship and, 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 and feed on Him. And I know in that that I'm changed. I know in that that the presence of God is there with me. Whether I feel it or not, 
So Moses is not going to go to the promised land without God. I mean, God is actually quite generous and quite kind in this situation. He says, don't worry, you can go to the promised land, but I'm just going to send you an angel. Many of us would probably say, that's okay. I'm happy with an angel. But, but Moses knew God, and he was never happy just with an angel. He wanted God's presence to go with him, to go ahead of him. His presence is important. Yeah. Yeah. Long for more of God. More of His Spirit. More being filled with Him more and more. I mean, I know I've been preaching probably similar things for months and I'll carry on for months. But are you content? Are you satisfied today? Hopefully the answer is no, because there's always more. I mean, most people here have been believers for more than 30 years. And we can remember what God did 30 years. But what about last week? What about today? Consider Moses' journey up until this stage. When he first encountered God, where was it? It was at a burning, one of the, it, was at a, it was at a burning bush. He was in the desert. It was a dry and thirsty place and, it, and suddenly God's presence came and the, and the bush burst into flame and he, and he knew that, that it was God and, he, and God called him. And God called him to go and rescue the people from Israel, from, uh, from Egypt. He rescued the Jews. They'd been in captivity there for 400 years. Trials and tribulations sometimes are quite long. Quite long. But God is in in them with us. He never leaves us. He never forsakes us. And so, all the miracles that, that happened, the, the, going across the, the, the river, not the river, the sea, the Red Sea, going across, going uh, to the edge of the promised land. Right there. They just seen miracle after miracle after miracle. And what does uh, Moses say? What does he say? He says, show me your glory. Show me your glory. He wasn't satisfied with what he'd experienced. You and I, I, well, no, I, can't, answer, I can't talk about you, but I would probably be satisfied if I could see one miracle like the, 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 the Red Sea uh, just opening and me walking across. Because I don't like boats. I get, you know, I think... Could, could walk across. That is an amazing miracle. Most of us would be satisfied with just the few miracles that Moses had. But Moses didn't want to, was not satisfied that. He was not content. So he said, show me your glory. And glory is another one of those Hebrew words that, that in, in English which is hard to uh, translate. But there's a sense of heaviness. There's a, a majesty beyond what we used to. Moses, what he really is asking, I want, to, I want to know your ways. I want to see your glory. I want to see your fullness, the fullness of God. And that's the, the, the gospel, the good news is in Jesus, that's what we see. We see, see the fullness of the Godhead bodily. And I want the fullness in my own life.
So let's push into the more. Let's push into the Let's make this be a year, 2018, where we push into the more. We don't settle for where we, where we are. And so God shows them His glory. Shows them His goodness in, 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 in uh, Exodus 34. What does His goodness look like? In verse 6 it says, The Lord, the Lord, a God merciful and gracious, slow to anger, abounding in steadfast love and faithfulness, keeping steadfast love for thousands, forgiving iniquity and transgressions and sin, but who will no means clear the guilty, visiting the iniquity of the fathers on the children and the children's children to the third and fourth generations. And so we have this God, this Yahweh, this, this, this God, the Lord, the Lord, a God merciful and gracious. That's who Moses saw. He saw that. He experienced that. And so what was the result of that in Moses' life? He shone. He shone with the glory of God. God granted Moses' request to see His glory, to see His goodness. And he was changed forever. And he wasn't even aware that it, that happened. His face glowed. People could tell that he had been with God. What are these, what were the disciples? This rebel group called the disciples, the twelve that he chose. The distinguishing factor when they started doing the stuff, they, the people said, he, they had been with Jesus. They had been with Jesus. Have you been with Jesus? Yes, He lives in you. But find a way that it works for you. Pastor talked a little bit about it last week. Everybody's different. Everybody's personality is different. Everybody encounters God in a different way. But, but go up the mountain. Go up the mountain and encounter Him. And we are changed. We are changed. We will shine with, with, God, with God's glory. And we'll be salt and we'll be light. Not because of anything we've actually really done. It's everything that Jesus has done. We can't, we can't brag about any of it. Let's just enjoy our God. Enjoy Him and, 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 and get lost in Him on a day-by-day -day basis. Because then when we're walking in the streets, we will have a word for the, the petrol attendant. We will, we will, we will uh, make a difference. Just the presence, our presence in a room makes a difference. Because we carry Jesus. We carry Holy Spirit wherever we go. And we make a difference. And we bring hope to this world. One of the things I'm so excited about this as a community is to see the last two weeks Look, two weeks ago, Zelani asked everybody to come and pray for Cape Town in their own language. And we had Koza and Zulu and English and uh, not, we have French, we, Afrikaans. We had all these cultures, all this melting pot that we have here called Sarepta Church. And then last week, uh, uh, Costa got up and said, 
where are you from? And we've got Canadians and Americans and, and uh, people from Zimbabwe and Malawi and, 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 and England. And we've got all this melting pot yet. Yeah. And the Lord is going to do something amazing in that. Because when I see what heaven is like, heaven is the place where there are people from every tribe and culture group. The kingdom, it's, a, it's a kingdom culture. And so, as we carry the presence of God, as you and I carry the presence of God, the, we are gonna, we're going to be making a, a new kingdom culture here, in this, in this place. And we're going to, my prayer, the promised land for Sarepta, is that we would be a prophetic sign to the nation and even to the churches this cross-cultural thing. And we're going to be a little bit more intentional about it this year. And Costa is challenging us. And so, hold on to your seatbelts. It's going to be great. It's going to be messy. But God's going to do it. And we're going to see His glory come. And we're going to see lives change. Because we need the presence of God to make a difference in our world. I've left out everything that I was going to say. But in Isaiah 61, 60 verse 1, it says, Arise and shine, Sarepta, for your light has come. Levi Fouché preached that on the 25th of, of November. He said, Arise, shine, for your light has come. And revival begins in us. I'm looking at some amazing people, some amazing revivalists. Look at John Taylor. He's a revivalist. Why? Because the Spirit of God dwells in, in him. When you go to the NBA building, whatever it's called, you go there and you bring Jesus. You bring a pr different presence. Sorry, I always pick on oh, Mike. I'll pick on Mike for a change instead of Sue. When you go to the university, you bring a different, a different presence. You bring Jesus. In the, in the context of mayhem and, and difficulties, and uh, your job's hard. <laughs> So arise, Sarepta, arise, shine, and let your light be seen. Because the light of the Lord has come upon us. Revival begins in us.